0: Shalom, this is Rabbi David Tokajer of Congregation Mayim Chaim, the Eastern Shores Messianic Synagogue in Daphne, Alabama. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast of our message from Shabbat service. We pray it is a blessing to you and that you see the beauty and light of Yeshua Meshachinu, Yeshua, our Messiah, in every word you hear. Amen. Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come before you today. Lord, we ask that your hand be upon us. Lord, we ask that it be all of you and none of me. Lord, we pray that you please change our hearts and open our minds, and Lord, let us go forth renewed and refreshed, and we thank you for the message that we are to received today, and Lord, we say that we not just keep it to ourselves, but be lights unto the world and bless others with the message. In Yeshua's name, amen. Well, good morning. Uh, as I said, obviously, I am not Pastor David. Um, my name is Hugh. For those who haven't been able to meet visitors, and it's a, a tremendous honor to be able to uh, speak today in the place of a uh, pastor rabbi who's out on, in the mission field in Africa. Um, I was very happy. I did not get last week's parsha, um, and, <laughs> so, and I again thank Elizabeth for taking one for the team and uh, speaking on that. But uh, go. <laughs> However, I do, you know, it was, it's interesting that Rabbi uh, left when part of the Parsha is in Leviticus. Leviticus is actually one of the uh, least read books in the Bible for the body of Messiah. Uh, so many of us who are born again say, oh, I don't need to worry about that anymore. I mean, you know, Yeshua came, I've accepted him as Lord and Savior. So all these things that, you know, sacrificing this, bringing it that, cutting this meat, whatever, that doesn't apply to me. But what's amazing about the book of Leviticus, it shows us, one, just how holy God is. Two, how far we have fallen. And then three, why we need a Savior. And that's what I love about the book of Leviticus. And as we start this today, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the part of Leviticus that uh, was talking about Yom Kippur. Uh, Leviticus 16, and I don't have bifocals, verse 3. In this way shall Aaron come into the sanctuary with a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to put on the holy linen garment, have the linen undergarments on his body, put on the linen sash, and wear the linen turban. They are the holy garments. He shall bathe his body in water and put them on. Then he is to take from the congregation of Benai Israel two he-goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. Then Aaron is to offer the bull for the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and his house. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before Adonai at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Aaron will then cast lots for the two goats, one lot for Adonai and the other lot for the scapegoat. Aaron is to present the goat on which the lot for Adonai fell and make it a sin offering. But the goat upon which the lot for the scapegoat fell is to be, is to be presented alive before Adonai, to make atonement upon it by sending it away as the scapegoat into the wilderness. Now, I'm sure all of y'all here have heard many messages on that and the, the proverbial scapegoat and it's actually become part of our lexicon I'm gonna hopefully change it up a little bit and have you all think about this a little bit differently. What this passage shows us and what Yom Kippur shows us, especially the Jewish people once a year, but uh, in the body Messiah should be every day, is that how far man has fallen. That before Yeshua's sacrifice, we literally had to have one representative, the high priest, pass upon the sins of the nation and that animal, who was to become the scapegoat, had to be cast out to wander, and probably starve and die. There's always a penalty for our sin, and it's almost always, and it is always death. So, in regards, I want y'all to think about it this way: as sometimes, if you're wondering, ah, I don't want to read Leviticus, whatever. The Tanakh, or what we call the Tanakh, or the Old Testament, is basically what we lost. The Brit Hadashah, or the New Testament, is what we cost. So again, the Old Testament is what we lost. The New Testament is what we cost. And here's what I mean by that. The reason why, one of the reasons why the Lord gave us Torah is to show us how far we had fallen when Adam and Eve fell. Think about this. We were created perfectly. There was no need for any sacrifice. There was no need for purification. There was no need for a scapegoat. There was no need for any sacrifice at all. Humans were in perfect concert with the Lord at all times. And when we fell, the first Yom Kippur occurred by God himself. If y'all remember from Genesis, the Lord killed the animals and covered Adam and Eve in fur. That was the first sacrifice. The first atoned sacrifice was by God himself, the first Yom Kippur. And it was at that moment, I believe strongly, that Adam and Eve realized how much they had lost. And through the rest of the Tanakh, the Lord shows us again and again and over time how much mankind has lost. How far our world has fallen without Him. And it is pretty amazing. But thank God... Uh, Yeshua came and then the Lord reveals to us after showing us all that we've lost, how much we cost. But we were purchased for a price. And an amazing price. Obviously Yeshua's uh, sacrifice for us. Now, it's interesting that obviously, I'm sure you all have heard it many times, the scapegoat is often compared to Yeshua which he is. Several similarities. All the sin of the The nation of Israel was placed upon the scapegoat. All of our sins came upon Yeshua. The scapegoat was cast out. Yeshua was cast out. The scapegoat was rejected. Yeshua was rejected. The scapegoat eventually died without man taking care of him. Yeshua died for the atonement. So the scapegoat is is just an amazing uh, picture story that God gives to revealing Messiah and revealing that we need a Messiah in our lives, revealing that to the, the children of Israel who were not supposed to keep it to themselves. Benai Israel was to be a light unto the world. It was not just for the nation of Israel that the Lord set this up. It was for all people. Just unfortunately, uh, Benai Israel did not fulfill that the way it should have been done. But this was from the beginning designed to be first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. And it culminated obviously much later, I think, than God wanted it to. In, uh, after the death of Yeshua but if our response if you could go to Romans 3 verse 21 I'd like to read this but now God's righteousness apart from the Torah has been revealed to which the Torah and the prophets bear witness, namely, the righteousness of God through putting trust in Messiah Yeshua to all who keep trusting, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are set right as a gift of his grace through the redemption that is in Messiah Yeshua. God set forth Yeshua as an atonement through faith in his blood to show his righteousness and passing over sins already committed. Through God's forbearance, he demonstrates his righteousness at the present time, that he himself is just and also the justifier of the one who puts his trust in Yeshua. Where then is the boasting? It is excluded. By what principle? Of works? No. But by the principle of faith. For we consider a person to be set right apart from Torah observance. Is God the God of the Jewish people only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since God is one, he will set right the circumcised by faith and then the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then nullify the Torah through faithfulness? May it never be. On the contrary, we uphold the Torah. If, if I think this is probably the best illustration in the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament, of what uh, the Lord is talking about or an example of going back to Leviticus 16. Yeshua is the sacrifice. He is the scapegoat. And through him, we are uh, receive our atonement. But it's also, we are not to forget that we still are to be Torah observant. And we are to live the way that he would have us live. Now, oftentimes, (coughs) we forget that (laughs) gonna be honest, we forget where we've come from. We are born into a corrupt world. We ourselves are corrupt until we uh, receive Yeshua as our Lord and Savior and we are born again. But we are, as David said, "I, I was conceived in sin and I was born in sin. That's every person in this room. And we often forget that creation, the original creation, was absolutely perfect was absolutely perfect in every single way. There wasn't one thing wrong or out of place. Adam and Eve were perfect. Adam and Eve, frankly, are who we strive to be. They had that. And oftentimes when we read, especially coming out of Romans here, how do we get to that level? How do we go there? Well, frankly, we can't get anywhere near perfection without Yeshua. He is the only way. And he's the only hope we have of reaching perfection. Um, if you go to, I'm sorry to be jumping around a little bit, but go to 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to start at verse 17. There's an interesting example in this. Therefore, if anyone is in Messiah, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Messiah and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Messiah, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has entrusted the message of reconciliation to us. We are therefore ambassadors for Messiah, as though God were making his appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Messiah, be reconciled to God. He made the one who knew no sin to become a sin offering on our behalf, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. When we are born again, when we receive the Messiah, Messiah who has truly fulfilled Leviticus 16, we are recreated, we are reborn. As we'll read later, we are a new creation. When God creates, God creates perfection. So we live in a a very broken world where we don't forget our sins, even though God does. We don't forget our failings, even though God does. We don't forget our hurts, our angst, our fears. But God does. And when God recreates, You, when you're born again, you are perfect. You are a perfect creation to Him, just as Adam and Eve were. And we have this creation, we have this potential to be perfect because of the price that we cost and the price that Yeshua paid. And all throughout Israel, up until Yeshua, the Jewish people, or or the children of Israel, saw this every year at Yom Kippur a glimmer of what was to come a shadow of what Messiah would do and it was the whole time they were trying to get back to perfection they were trying to use the Torah to get back to perfection we know we can't we can never fulfill Torah But Yeshua did on our behalf and that's one of the costs that he had to pay for us he fulfilled a cost that we could never pay we don't follow Torah because we're supposed to and because we think that's going to get us to heaven. It's not. Yeshua does that. We follow Torah to be more like him. To be a true light to the world. Benaiah Israel failed to be the light to the world. They failed to bring the atonement that was available through Yom Kippur to the world prior to cross we post cross have a commission from Yeshua himself to do just that every day for us should be a bit like Yom Kippur we should recognize every day and start every day knowing the cost that Yeshua had to pay for us and then be that light so that others may know the cost that Yeshua has already paid for them and how they too can be made perfect. And when we say perfect, (laughs) people get (laughs) um, a little thrown off by that. truth of the matter is, you've heard me stumble over my speech a few times. You've heard me, uh, I went to the wrong um, frame. So Elizabeth was like, no, 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 no. We've added some part that we gotta do for the Omer. Obviously I have been anything but perfect this morning for y'all and I apologize. So how can I possibly say that there is perfection in me? Nothing about you is perfect. Nothing about me is perfect. But Yeshua inside me is perfect in every way. And it is not me that Adonai sees. It is Yeshua in me that Adonai sees. And by my faith, I have been made righteous, just as Abraham. And you, if you have accepted Yeshua. (laughs) And the kids agree with me, as you heard. So... (laughs) So I want to talk about one more uh, quick thing, and that is, if we could go to Matthew 5:38. I just want to touch on this. I don't want to hit this hard, but I do think it's worth bringing up: Matthew 5:38. It's one of the most mistranslated verses in the Bible. I think you'll see where I'm going on this. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evildoer. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him also the other. And the one wanting to sue you and to take your shirt, let him also have your coat. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Even the tax collectors do the same, don't they? You just know he was looking at Matthew when he said that, right? <laughs> And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than anyone else? Even the pagans do that, don't they? Therefore, be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Many in the body of Messiah have used the very last part of that section of Scripture to truly handcuff and handicap believers. They say, well, Yeshua said to be perfect, and I got to be like God because God is perfect. The only way that we are going to be God-like is to walk in the way in which the Ruach HaKodesh leads us, to rely upon the grace and the mercy that Yeshua has extended us, and to believe with all your heart that God has raised Yeshua from the dead and that he is coming again. Other than that, there's nothing we can do to get perfection. When Yeshua said, be ye perfect, remember who he's talking to. He is talking to Jews who are still having Yom Kippur once a year, who are still leaning upon Leviticus chapter 16 predominantly for their atonement. Though there were some very faithful ones, there's always a remnant who were going to the temple and doing the sacrifices all the time and confessing their sins when they did have them, but they had to have animal sacrifice. So when Yeshua is saying to them, be ye perfect, he is preparing them for what they're going to have to do to be perfect, which is to receive him. Many have used this to, have you ever, I don't want to belittle anyone, have you ever walked into a building, whether it's Jewish or Christian, and you know it's full of people, and you know that guy is broken down because you know him from work, and you know, frankly, you know, he, he's an alcoholic. But all of a sudden, he acts like he has never done anything wrong in his life. And he's putting up a front because he's in a building where he worships, whether it's a synagogue or a church. We set ourselves up to do that. Don't be. We want to be a place where everyone is broken, because it's okay to be broken because, folks, we're all broken. And it's okay to admit it. We should be in a place where it's safe for one man to say to another man, Hey, I'm struggling with pornography. Can you pray with me? Yeah, brother, let's pray. Hey, I'm struggling with lying. Can you pray with me? Yes, let's pray. I'm struggling with pride. I'm struggling with arrogance. I'm struggling with how Yeshua wants me to manage my folks at work, or women should be able to say to the other. I'm struggling uh, submitting, to my, to, submitting to my husband, biblically submission, I'm not saying, you biblical submission. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm struggling with A or C we don't do that as the body we don't like to admit that there is sin that we are broken but what happens is the bible says to confess your sins to one another the reason being is don't go through the fight alone be ye perfect follow the ruach hakodesh, how he leads you lean upon the mercy and the grace that leshua has given you and recognize the fact that we lived in a corrupt world, and that one day, we will, while we only have the spiritual manifestation of perfection, one day we'll see it, we'll taste it, we'll touch it, and we'll feel it. But truth of the matter is, I'm 47 years old. You can see the gray in my beard. Um, I don't you know, zip around like I used to. Everything creaks on me when I do try to. And uh, I can tell you, I am physically not perfect. And I'm, de- I'm definitely, I'm rocking the dad bod. But it, uh, so I, sometimes it's hard. How do I, I know I'm spiritually perfect because Yeshua can't do anything imperfectly. And I think we all get our heads around that. But we also forget that we still have a free will and that we're still going to fall. But oftentimes we in the body of Messiah shoot our wounded instead of lifting us, lifting each other up and caring for them. So when you remember this, when Yeshua says, be ye perfect, he's not demanding perfection. He is demanding that you lean completely and totally upon him and be a light unto the world. And it's okay to be broken. It's okay to need Yom Kippur. You're not shocking God. He's not surprised. You know, I had no idea Hugh needed forgiveness of sins. I thought he was an amazing guy. God is not going to be surprised. He knows um, I in and of myself am not perfect. But God also knows that Yeshua in and of himself is perfect. And also just remember this for those of you who are down sometimes. Every time Adonai looks at you, he does not see you. He sees his son, Yeshua. And you are in him because Yeshua is in him. And He loves you with a love that cannot be contained. And we've heard it, but it's so true. He loves you so much He sent His only Son that if you believe in Him, that you will be saved. That's the cost that God paid for you and for me. Don't set yourself up for failure in your personal walk. It's okay to be broken. It's okay to need a Yom Kippur. Don't pretend to be something you aren't. Your testimony is far more powerful when someone is going through something and you say, brother or sister, I've been there too. But I know the way out. I know the way out because it's Yeshua showed it to me. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. And I can prove this biblically, by the way, that Yeshua was not telling us to be perfect. Like, you know, who's ever, I'm just curious. I mean, I know I fell into that trap. I became born again. I didn't understand why I was still being tempted. I didn't understand why uh, there were times that I did sin. I couldn't understand it. But I'll be honest with you. If you come to my house, we're working on a project together, and we're nailing something, and I hit my thumb with my hammer, it probably won't be a godly thing coming out of my mouth. i just, you know. My flesh, my body, in that instant, will take over and say something I shouldn't say. So how I don't understand why I'm not perfect. Well, because Yeshua was not saying that everything was a bed of roses and I was going to be perfect. Yeshua was saying, He's perfection. He's the scapegoat. And all I got to do is rely upon Him. And I'm spiritually perfect. And one day... My physical and my mental and my emotional perfection will be given to me when Messiah comes again. And we can, that's just, a, if you look at 1 John 3, 7 through 9, just last a little bit, I can prove what I'm saying biblically. Children, let no one mislead you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as Yeshua is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Ben Elohim appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God practices sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot sin because he is born of God. We cannot sin because again, when God sees you, he doesn't see you, he sees Yeshua. And also, go back to what we just said, we are to practice. Practice righteousness. Doctors don't do medicine. They practice medicine. Lawyers don't do law, they practice law. My vocation, I'm in the restoration and mediation industry. We don't practice restor- or sorry, we don't do remediation. We don't uh, do restoration. We practice remediation. We practice restoration. It's a practice. It's OK to be practicing. You're getting ready for your big debut up in heaven, and that day's coming. But right now we're practicing, and we're relying upon Yeshua to carry us through. I'm not going um, I'll just leave you with this little tidbit I made up. If you want to use it, feel free to credit me. but Be full of sympathy and empathy for the lost, because we have been purchased at a cost remember that when we go out the doors today be sympathetic and empathetic not judgmental not casting down I can assure you if Yeshua were here today he would not be hanging out in the churches and synagogues unless he was Shabbat because you know he's Jewish but he'd be in the bars of our modern day he would be talking to prostitutes in the city of Mobile. He would be hanging out with the homeless and healing them. He would be touching those with AIDS and HIV and hepatitis, places that sometimes we as believers don't like to go and we look down upon. No one is more or less worthy in the eyes of God. The entire nation's sins were placed on the scapegoats. That means the best of Israel And the worst of Israel. And if you accept the fact that Yeshua is the scapegoat, then you have to accept the fact that the best of humanity's sins and the absolute worst of humanity's sins have been placed on Yeshua. Therefore, no one is more or less worthy to receive him. We're all broken. And those of us who do know him are to practice righteousness. And like Abraham, our faith in him will be credited to us as righteousness until the day when He returns for us. And He is coming again. Amen. If you do not know Yeshua in your heart, I'm not going to call anyone out, but as we pray, ask Him into your heart. The Word says that if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus to our guests, if you're Gentile, was born died and rose from the dead and carried your sin and your life will be changed i assure you if you are born again i encourage you every day to renew yourself renew yourself in the lord wake up praising him if you are not doing the shemaz, or if you're not familiar with the Shema's, uh, that the um, the jews say several times a day get familiar with them it's a great way to start your day it's a great way to um, get going in the when during the, towards the uh, end of the morning when you're getting a little tired. It's a great way for uh, when you just get home in the evening, and it's great just before you go to bed. Get to know the Shema. Uh, I believe there's uh, some on our website. If not, you can definitely go to Chabad.org, C-H-A-B-A-D.org, and it'll give you all the Shema's. Uh, we say a couple of Shema's. The one that says Shema Yudhrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, and then the rest of the prayer flows from there. But renew yourself each day and just know that you walk in Yeshua and that you're not perfect, and that's okay. You don't need to be. He already has been. Be broken, and the broken will come to you. Well, I know what you've been through, but you have something I don't. What is it? And there's a great opportunity to talk about Yeshua. Man, I know that you've lost your job. I know this or that. How are you possibly smiling? Well, man, I have a joy unfathomable, and here's how amen. Lord, we thank you again for this day. Lord, we thank you for the message. Lord, I know I'm not the most eloquent speaker, but I pray the words that you had me speak would reside in our hearts, Lord. Let it change us a bit, just a touch, Lord. Let us remember that we're broken just like everyone else, but we're blessed because we're spiritually perfect because of what you have done, Yeshua, and we thank you. We lift up anyone in the congregation or in, sitting in this congregation who does not know Yeshua as Lord and Savior. We ask that you reveal the truth of Yeshua to them, Adonai, that they may accept him as Lord and Savior. And we just pray that as we go forth, let us be lights unto a dark place, broken to the broken, fulfilling the great commission and sharing Yeshua with all who hear and that we can overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. In Yeshua's mighty name, amen.